Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Humanitarian Effect. Today, we are getting on the planes from our homes and having a wonderful discussion with two good friends of mine slash travel gurus. And without further ado, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but let's go ahead and start with John since I did meet you while traveling. Awesome, what's up everybody? My name is John. Um, I am currently in Mexico City. Um, living here during the pandemic, uh, originally from Florida, and uh, what else did you? <laughs> uh, no, it's cool. Tell us how many countries you've been to, and if any of those countries you name have been your favorite, or at least a favorite experience you had there. You know, a little details on why. Okay. Um, so far today, I have been to twenty-five countries and thirty-eight states, and I would say. Favorite country so far has to be Brazil. I mean, I, I, I have a love affair with Brazil. It's everything to me. Um, every time I've gone there, it's been a transformative experience. It's been almost spiritual in some ways. And so it just, it, I feel like Brazil is the place that constantly calls to me. So I would definitely have to say Brazil. What you, Keelan? Hello, everyone. My name is Keelan Wilson. I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, I've currently, to date, I've been to 17 countries. I don't know how many states I've been to, but I travel internationally more. Um, and I don't really have a favorite, but one of my favorites is like, it's either between South Africa or China. Um, both of those times, I just learned a whole bunch just about life in general, cultures. Um, South Africa was just so beautiful. And I, I actually got to meet some very cool people. So I love the relationships that I got in South Africa. And then China was like, it was just so much, so much to do. The food was, it was so, so different from like American Chinese food and I liked it, so. Awesome. So we're gonna throw it back, back, back. Did you guys travel when you were younger? Um, how old were you when you first started traveling? And did your parents encourage this? Like, how did you get started? So, John, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Um, internationally, my first trip was when I was 17. I went to England with um, my school's band. Um, my parents didn't really encourage travel a lot. You know, they were more about get a good job, be stable. You know, my family's originally from the Caribbean. So it's, you know, be a doctor, <laughs> be a lawyer, be something respectable, get good grades, those type of things, work hard. Um, and usually when I brought up the idea of travel, I've always had a love for travel. I can remember even when I was very little, just reading about all these places around the world. Um, it was more of like a, it didn't seem quite as a possibility. Um, but I kind of started traveling in high school because I was in a lot of different activities that required me to do that. But um, mainly it was domestic traveling, you know, within my state. But then once I got, I guess they say the travel bug, <laughs> when I went to England, I went to London, um, my senior year of high school, it just, it didn't stop. And I wanted to do it more and more and more. So I would say, yeah. And how, okay, first we'll go to Keenan. I'll hold that question. Okay. 
Uh, for me, I started traveling about or like around the age of seven or something like that, seven or eight internationally. And most of my travels when I was younger was based off of uh, traveling to go visit family. Uh, we have a lot of family just all over the world. So like most of my, at least half of my trips have been like visiting family in different countries. I think my first country may have been Canada, but I'm not sure because I really wasn't keeping track like that. Um, so yeah, but I just always loved traveling. It wasn't necessarily foreign for me, but I did come from an environment where many people didn't understand traveling or they didn't think that it was possible. So I just tried to bring a lot of things back to my community. Okay. And then my follow-up was, so now that you both are like grown, what has made you like continue traveling? Are you solo traveling now? Do you prefer solo traveling over with other people? Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely love traveling with people. I definitely enjoy it. However, I think as you get older, you realize you gotta know who you're traveling with. They can be your best, they can be your homeboy at home, but traveling with someone is completely different. You learn about somebody in ways you maybe wouldn't have known if y'all hadn't traveled together. So um, I am very protective about who I travel with. Um, I have no problems leaving you or leaving people. So I will travel solo if I need to. There's, there's benefits to both. I think um, traveling solo forces you into a lot more uncomfortable situations that forces you to grow, you know, you have to get comfortable with say eating by yourself, you know, or you have to get comfortable with doing things. And it also gives you a freedom, you know, if you want to spend five hours in a museum, no one's going to bother you, you know? Um, so there's, there's benefits to both, but you know, if you're trying to get that good IG pic, <laughs> sometimes having someone else with you just makes it a little bit easier or, or sometimes you want to experience certain things with people, but I definitely feel like you got to know, who you can and you can't. I have, I have friends, she's one of my best friends, but I will never travel with her because we are very different in that regard. Um, and then I have people who I'm not that close with on a daily basis, but traveling together is amazing. So, you know, I think, I think that's definitely something that you have to realize when, when you're traveling with people. I don't know if I would travel with my family at this point though. <laughs> well, uh, for me, I, most of my travels growing up was just with my mom uh, when we went to go visit family. And as I got older, we added more people to our traveling. Um, so it'd be like some of her friends or my cousins or something like that. Um, and he's very right. Like people, you have to travel with the right people. Like I didn't have many times where it seemed like they was gonna be cool with, you know, the situation, but they just become the biggest like like negative factor in the trip just based off of what they want to do how they think about certain things because I'm very open-minded uh, I'm not going to get culture shocked I'm going to try everything I can but it's some people who's like no nah, I don't want to do this or scared and need to have everything planned out and that's not how I travel you know what I mean so you have to find that like he was like he was explaining uh but as I got older I I started to like once I got into college most of my travel in college was like study abroad experiences. So I, I studied abroad successfully three times. I was about to go on my fourth one, but COVID messed it up. Um, and then at the tail end of my third time studying abroad, 
I went on my like my first big solo trip uh, to Colombia, and you, I mean, I learned from all of my travel experiences. But traveling alone, you are in more uncomfortable situations, and I'm cool with that. I like the independence. Uh, I, I would have to travel more by myself to see if I like it over traveling with people. But I don't mind traveling with the right people. Like my mama, we good. We can travel together. And then even going like, I guess, further with that, Keelan, were there certain fears you had before you started traveling alone? No, um, no, I'm just not a scary person. Like I'm just gonna, I, I'm, I'm, I have the mindset of like, God got me, you know what I'm saying? Whatever happens, happens. Uh, I'm not gonna be stupid. Like I understand, I've traveled enough to understand like, most of the do's and don'ts, you know, like I'm not gonna just, like when you're traveling, you shouldn't just be all willy-nilly with like your technology and stuff like that in certain countries and stuff. Um, so like I travel very smart at this point. Uh, so I feel like I was prepared enough and I wasn't scared. No. You feel like that was because you were traveling so much as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Tra yeah um, Yes, in one aspect, because I just feel like I had a lot of experience. I, I know how to navigate now when it comes to traveling for the most part. Like if I don't know where something at, I usually know like the key things to get me there or like what types of things I should like look forward to ask people in certain areas, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. navigating is probably the, was the thing I really had to learn and that I ended up learning traveling while I was growing up just to different places. Um, so once I can navigate, if I can get to where I want to go, I'm not really worried about what happens there, if that makes sense. Um, and then when it comes to, I guess, traveling solo, for those who don't have a lot of experience, like John, did you have a lot of experience before you started traveling solo? Or were you doing things like watching YouTube blogs? And do you guys do research online of the places before you go? Because like, for instance, you two are both males. Um, and we don't really see many male travelers in this traveling phenomenon that's going on right now. It's a lot of females, right? So I definitely look to like Facebook groups as well as blogs, but Facebook groups more um, because they're able to share their experiences since I am a woman and I gotta be a little bit more careful when I go to places. Um, but do you guys do that too? Or did you? Definitely. Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the reason I felt like I could go out and travel like that, like I said, because I didn't have a lot of family who did it, was through blogs. So, you know, I call them the OGs. Um, there was one called Fly Brother, who's a, a Black guy from Florida who was traveling a lot. Um, another guy, his name is Jabril. He does a lot of traveling. Um, Onika Raymond, Onika the Traveler. You know, these are, these are people I follow when I was first in college and like, yo, these people are out here traveling. So like, yo, I can do this too. And when I go somewhere, I definitely consider safety a lot more if I'm by myself, which you should probably do if you're with people anyway. But, you know, you're a little more aware of your surroundings because you are by yourself. So for example, I went to Rio de Janeiro by myself. Um, I've been there a couple of times, but a few times I've gone by myself. And you know, Rio is a great place. It's a great city to visit, but it's, it can definitely be dangerous if you don't know where you are and know what you're doing. And it's one of those towns where one street can be rich, million dollar homes, and the next street is, you know, the trap. 
you know? So um, you, you just really got to know. And so walking around at night by yourself is not always a good idea. So it's just, it's definitely things to consider. I do do research. One of the things is, you know, um, at first, now not so much, but at first was how am I going to be treated as a person of color, how, as a Black person specifically? Um, in Europe, a lot of times, you know, they assume that I have drugs because a lot of people who look like me are the ones who tend to sell drugs. So, you know, you get those questions and things like that. But um, I definitely do as much research as I can before I go on the trip, just to be aware, even from kind of like Keelan was saying, from a logistics standpoint, you know, what's going to happen if you lose your cell phone? How, how do you navigate in the city? How, or can you navigate in the city without a cell phone, without Google, you know? Uh, for me, I, I don't actually, I actually don't do much research and prior to traveling and stuff, I just, it never was necessary, I guess. Cause like I said, I started off going to family. So I'll be with them once I'm there, like me and my mom. But as I started traveling by myself, um, like I never really followed or, or was influenced by like vlogs or other people traveling. I just kind of like made the experience myself for myself. And I also don't like to spoil <laughs> too much of my experience. Like I don't want to just have expectations. Like I don't want to leave with any expectations. Uh, so I limit my studies on the country. The most I usually do is uh, if I do plan anything is find out where I want to go like my main spots and then in between that I just I just figure it out for the most part um that it's not the best way for everybody but like that make that keeps it fluid for me and keeps it interesting and also I'm very I'm a very vigilant person like I'm not gonna just get snuck up on or nothing like that like I am from the hood like you know what I'm saying so I was prepared in that way to where I'm not just like I'm not like air-headed in any place, you know what I'm saying? I'm not just, so that helps if that makes sense. No, I, I would agree with Caitlin on, on that one. Um, because it's like, for me, like when I'm saying I'm doing research it's more of like, okay, I wanna go here, I wanna go there, I wanna go here. Maybe there's a different cities in the country. How do I get there? And kind of like more like I was saying the logistical stuff, but like, you know, if you're going to a city and it's known to be pretty safe for the most part, I always tell people to get lost. Like don't, you know, for example, Paris, you know, Paris is a, is pretty, is a safe city for the most part. Obviously, you know, anything can happen anywhere, but you know, you just walking up and down the street, no one's really going to bother you in Paris. And so it's like, if you can get lost, you know, walk the streets because you find little stuff that you're not going to find on your guides, your vlogs or whatever like that. And it could just, it's just unique to you. And maybe you're there at that one particular point, um, or maybe there's an event that's just kind of happening. Cause I remember the first time I went to Paris, there was a whole block party where my Airbnb was that just kind of happened. And I was able to be a part of it, not because I planned it or anything like that, but just cause I was in the area. And so um, I always tell people, especially, you know, if you're in cities kind of as used to having tourists like Europe, like a lot of European cities, it's like, okay, say you want to go to Eiffel Tower, say you're going to go to Montmartre, say you're going to go to Notre Dame, then just kind of make make those as points to go to. But just if you stop somewhere for three hours, enjoy that too. Like be in the moment, you know, turn off your phone too sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely disconnect for the most part. Most of my travels have not been 
even like recorded or captured in, in a lot of ways because I disconnected so much because I love to be in the actual experience. Uh, now I understand more of the importance of documentation to an extent. So I do more of that. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, getting lost in places where, you know, you feel at least safe, that, that is a very good idea. Cause um, actually when I went to Paris, uh, I was like guiding me and my family was there. It was, a, it was a couple of us and I was the one like guiding us everywhere, figuring out the Metro and all of that. Um, but we was going to this one one particular place and we ended up in like the Galleria area, like in the Galleria, whatever it's called in Paris. I think it was their main mall. And I think it was called the Galleria or something. Galerie Lafayette. Um, probably, but um, I'm like, this is nice. Like they had, <laughs> like they didn't have no regular stores in there. Like it was yeah. all Louis Vuitton type stores. Yeah. That's it. Even the kiosk in the middle of the areas was like all big stores. Like it was no little store. I'm like, where are we at? And we went up and down. Like it, it, it's real tall. It's not necessarily wide. So it's like I'm. We was in the wrong building, but that's an example of like getting lost. But like you having that experience, I'm not gonna forget that. And I guess my next question is: so the things that you're talking about are more cultural type of traveling versus the new Instagram travel age and were you ever a part of that flexing type of traveling or were you always like nah if I'm gonna go here I want to see what people are doing I want to try their food you know and I guess what part of culture if you do have a part that you specifically look for whether it's like the music scene the food or some people look for beaches or maybe their leisure, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, Keelan can start us off this time. Uh, for me, I'm very immersive. I love to try to learn the actual culture. Cough, I don't, cough, socially emotional. Yeah, I haven't really, I have never been a part of that flexing type of traveling. And I'm not saying that that's all bad and nothing like that. Uh, that's just not me. That's not what I value. Um, like, I just love to actually go somewhere and, and feel like I was more of a native to that place rather than just a tourist. I've never really even had the opportunity to like be on a, uh, like a resort type thing. Most of my traveling that I've done by myself, I actually have stayed in hostels because that's like the most immersive type of state. Uh, so I barely even stay in hotels now. So I'm like very, very, very immersive. And like within the cultural aspect, like the things that I kind of focus on I, I want to try all the food um and I and I I have like a running list in my head as far as like what's the best food for me and I always compare it to my the food that I feel like was the country that I feel like had the best food so everywhere I go when I eat their food I'm like I ask everybody there like what is what do I need you know what I'm saying what do I need to eat that represents y'all I try that and I compare it to my number one and nothing had passed my number one. So I'm kind of mad that happened early on in life. Just to let y'all know the number one, the place with the best food in the world is Jamaica. Um, and But I went there early on in life. I, I got to disagree. Like, really? Oh. <laughs> I got I to disagree. Um, I feel like, you know, Haitian people have some of the best food mm. in the world. Ugh. 
I feel like Haitian people had the best food. Bahamian people have amazing food too. Haitian and Bahamian people, but you know, I'm biased, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. <laughs> I, I am Jamaican, part Jamaican, and I'm like, I'm, but I'm not biased. But like, I would go anywhere. I'm gonna give, the, I'm gonna get a country the credit. I haven't been to Haiti, um, but I do plan on reaching everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So, whoever can beat Jamaica, we, we'll see. But not yet, not even close. I mean, you know, Jamaica do y'all y'all do got some good chicken though. I ain't I ain't gonna lie, yo. Like, but are you an experimental like eater? Like, are you gonna eat the stuff that sounds kind of weird or looks weird? Always. And stuff like that? Yes, I wanna. Okay, I wanna. Cool, you, you know, I the best. My, my favorite meal in Jamaica is it's called mackerel rundown. Mm-hmm. Mackerel's a type of fish, and like most people probably don't even know to order that because that's not even something that you would get in America. I haven't seen that in any like Jamaican restaurant menu or anything. So that's what I would suggest for you to try when you go back to Jamaica and, and let that be the judge. That or like curry goat. I like I like I I like goat, but curry goat for me is just not my thing that's favorite. But like no 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 I get it. I mean like I love fish head soup. I, all of it, you know. I mean, for me, it ain't fish if it ain't, if it's not on the bone. But <laughs> so you know. But no, I I get it. For kind of going off of what what you were saying, Keelan. For me, it's all the food. Obviously, you can tell. It's like I want to try it. I want to eat it. Um, if it's something, you know, something that's different. I mean, I went to to Israel, and I was staying with some uh, some friends of friends. And they were from Sudan, and, you know, and they were making all these different things that I had never heard and everything. But one of the things is like, if someone is inviting you in a lot of countries and a lot of cultures, if someone is inviting you into their home, it's special, you know, because people don't have to do that. And so you don't want to be disrespectful and say like, oh, I'm not going to eat that or turn your face up because, you know, in some cases, you know, they bring out the best and it's, it's a huge sign of disrespect. So I will always try something. I could say like, mm, you know, you might say like, oh, this is different or whatever, but, you know, I, I will always at least try it once. If it's not going to kill you, then, you know, unless you have like a huge allergy to peanuts or something like that, then, you know, try it. That's, I, I always say that. And for me, I ain't gonna lie. I flexed a couple of times for the gram, you know, it, it is what it is, but you know, for the most part, I will say I do try to, sometimes I'll take a picture because I'm like, oh, this is cool. I want to capture this Um, because photography is my thing. But then sometimes it's like, I just want to be in the moment right now and I don't want anything to ruin that. And and that's okay as well. So it just, it kind of depends. And I think too, like when you're going to places, what are you, what kind of trip are you, you trying to have actually, you know? So, you know, sometimes it's like, maybe you're just trying to go somewhere on the beach and chill and that's cool. And maybe you're trying to have sometimes more immersive experience. So maybe kind of deciding what kind of trip or experiences that you want to have first. Like we were talking before we started, I want to go to Costa Rica. I'm trying to hike. I'm trying to be in nature. I'm trying to zip line. I'm trying to be all in it. You know, I'm, I don't really want to be on the beach. So it just depends on what you're trying to do. I'm gonna go to the beach if a beach is anywhere near me. Uh, I love the beach personally. I love animals too, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I go in the jungle. I, I was in the jungles in Costa Rica for a little bit, um, doing a zip line, and I learned how to surf there. That's a new hobby of mine. So wherever I go where I can surf, I'm going to grab a surfboard now. 
So, uh, and I'm also big on the respect thing. Like that was a good point because I know too many people or have seen so many people like blatant, even if I don't, even if it wasn't like on purpose, it's like a blatant disrespect to like whoever is hosting them because they, because something even looked, it didn't look appetizing to them. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't even gonna try it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, but I can't, I guess you kind of build that as you travel more. But it's like, I've always been big on that. And I'm not gonna respect, I mean, I'm not gonna disrespect anybody, especially while I'm traveling. Like I'm even more on another notch of respect, personally. Exactly, I, I agree with that, Keelan. Like, it's just, especially someone, like I said, someone invites you into their house and then you turn and they're trying to show you hospitality. They're trying to, to make you feel welcome. And then you kind of turn your nose up at that just because you, you don't understand it or it's not what you are normally used to, you know, mm-hmm. that it, for in me, front of their face, in front of their face, like, yeah, yo, not, not cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I can't get down with you. If there's someone who wants to be like, okay, I want to take an immersive experience. How much time should they set aside for this first trip? What's your budget look like? (laughs) Okay, and let's add that on too. What's a good budget? And it might vary based off of like European countries versus, of course, you know, African and um, why can I not get that out? Latinx in Hispanic countries, but so you can specify that in your answer, I guess. So part one is how much time should they take? Cause you know, I don't know how immersive they can be in about two or three days. And then what type of budget should they be thinking about having when they go to these places? Because some people really don't, some people have it in their mind that traveling is just super expensive and never really stopped to just like, let me see how much a flight costs. Or let me see how much an Airbnb costs here, you know? It's just, they heard that it was expensive or their family doesn't do it. So it's just automatically out their mind. So, Keely, you wanna start first? Yeah, I got you. Uh, for me, I found that the minimum time to actually become immersed in the, in the country uh, if you like actively doing your best to be a part of the community is at least a month. Like, I, I don't think prior to that, that you can like actually kind of start developing the the normal flow of life for that country. Um, I think two weeks is, is still a good amount of time to where you can, act, you can get an immersive experience. Like you can get an immersive experience 10 days, 10 to 14 days, but um for you to actually get acclimated on like the next level of immersion, it has to be a minimum of a month in my head. Uh, and then as far as the budget, it does vary a lot for different countries and uh, really continents for the most part. And uh, for me, usually my most expensive part of my trip are my flights. Um, and like I said, since I've been traveling by myself more often, Lately, I don't even get hotels. So I travel much different than like the average American. Um, So hostels, I've been in hostels to where like as low as free. And I just, it was just an exchange of like work at that hostel because I was going to be there for a little bit. Um, So I would work for them in exchange for them giving me housing. 
some of them, the cheapest I can remember, like paying per night is like $7 a night or something like that. Um, but I don't think I ever pay more than like $24 maybe a night at a hostel. And that's like a nice hostel. Like I'm not, 20 something dollars a night is a nice hostel. I done been to some, but those, they just, <laughs> none of them are the same. It's okay. like, I done been to some where, where it is pretty scary looking and you like, I don't know how I'm gonna survive tonight. I'm I'm a survivor, you feel me? But I'm but I, I, I like you had it in your head. But I've been a song like, dang, this is nice, like you know. So that that one is just way more unpredictable than hotels, and that but that'll make your costs go way down. So usually a flight and housing are probably your your biggest expenses, unless you're going to do like skydiving in certain areas. So like when I went to Dubai, skydiving was super expensive did not spend it on that. I, I'd rather do two things, um, like two different types of excursions than like do that skydiving that was just like way more expensive than the average cost of skydiving anywhere else. So that just depends on kind of what you want to do. But let me get to the answer. I, I'm talking a little bit too much, but uh, I think the average range, if, you go, if you're trying to go for like a two week trip, maybe outside of your flight, you probably, I think you'd be cool, like 2,000, 1,500, in most places, if you like trying to do do things um, and you are like conscious of like where you stand, like you shouldn't be spending $300 a night, you know, I don't think so. But if you are, hey, you big balling, like, let's do it. <laughs> um. I definitely say it depends on you. What is your budget? And then also then from there, you need to have expectations based on your budget of what you can do in that place. So I know when I first started traveling, um, you know, my budget was a lot tighter. Um, I was, I fortunately worked for an airline, so I didn't have to worry about the flights. So, you know, that took a lot, but it was unpredictable. So, you know, I had to be, I had to learn to be flexible where and when places I went. Um, but you know, I think at the most part, you 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 gotta you know you can't you can't go to Dubai with a Walmart budget thinking you finna get a Gucci experience. Just <laughs> so you know, bring it back. You can still go to Dubai on that Walmart budget, but just understand certain things you're not gonna be able to do, or you might need to look for things. Now I'm a little older now, so hostels is not really my style no more. Um, you know, thankfully I can afford a little bit better, but even at the same time, it's still like. You know, I've stayed in hostels. All hostels, like you were saying, are all different places. I've stayed in a hostel where I was like, I don't even know if these sheets were washed, you know, you know. But the other thing that I would say, if you're starting out by yourself, you know, also that's what I said, think about logistics. So, you know, I was in Prague. We were coming, I was coming from Budapest and I was going back to Prague and the bus ride was eight hours. But instead of paying for a hotel, I took the night bus. So I didn't need to pay for a hotel that particular night. So that, you know, think about things like that. Or, you know, if you're in Asia, can you take the night train? You know, or sometimes they have a night, like in Japan, sometimes they have night buses that are like hotels that have like bed spaces, you know, where you can kind of freshen up and stuff. So if you're on a really tight budget, then maybe think about doing things like that. Maybe you're not gonna be able to fly and take trains all around the country. You might need to get on that good bus 
and it, it might take you another hour or two, but it depends on what your budget is and what kind of experience you're trying to have. Um, in terms of the first question of like how much time you need to immerse, you know, everyone is unfortunately not fortunate to be able to take a month off or whatever to go to a place. So again, think about what type of limitations you have. If you have, if you're fortunate enough, I mean, not right now, but if you're fortunate enough to have a job where you're kind of location independent, then I would definitely consider staying somewhere a month, two months, you know, really do what they call slow travel. But if you only got two weeks, like most Americans, then, you know, think about, again, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to relax? Do you want an immersive experience? You know, and I think you can have immersive experience even on a on a weekend trip. It's just, are you open to those things? You know, um, are you open to to kind of, as they say, go off the beaten path or something like that? And asking locals, I will all the time. You know, um, if you go somewhere, if you go into London, okay, everybody know they're famous for fish and chips, but maybe asking a local where to go for fish and chips, not what BuzzFeed said is the top place for fish and chips or something like that. Um, you know, but then also I don't, you know, I don't shame people if that's what you want to do and you like to, I have a friend who loves to go on tour buses. I hate tour buses, but that's just something they love to do in different cities. So if that's what, you, if that's your, that's your style, then, you know, own it, but also be open to other things happening. You know, I personally, I like to drink. So <laughs> I like to go to different wineries and stuff like that when I travel and those are the type of experiences I kind of look for. You know, so also what are you, what are your interests that you have at home that maybe they do different in another country? So I would say start there and then, you know, little by little, you may be more open to doing other things or get exposed to other things. So, you know, I, I think I think start where you are. I think a lot of people think that traveling is is expensive and it can be depending on where you go, but also you can get brand new experiences you know, where you are, you don't have to fly 15 hours around the world to get a brand new experience. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I lived in Texas. There's so much to do in Texas that people just don't know. And people have lived in Texas their whole life, you know, so start there, get comfortable where you are. If you only got $500 for a trip, where can you go in for $500 and have a good experience? So that's kind of my philosophy with that. <laughs> You can go with $500, you could take a cruise to the Bahamas for the weekend and come back. Did it in February, only spent $400. And I got See, exactly. Or, exactly. Or, you know, $500, you can go to Big Bend National Park and do some hiking down there in Texas. Um, you can go to, you can go to a lot of different, you can, you can drive out to Marfa and experience like the small town. You know, I mean, there's just being, I think being a traveler, you be creative, you know, and be open, like Keelan's been saying, be open to, to all different possibilities. You know, some of my favorite travel spots have actually been in the U.S. Un, un, like, I wouldn't even thinking it was going to be like that, you know? So I, I just tell people, like, start where you are, be realistic about your budget. If you can't go to the Dominican Republic, you just can't go. And I also tell people like, so my little talent is finding flights. I can find flights for like the low low. But one thing I don't do, well, one thing I guess I do also do is, yes, I'm near a major airport, but let me get on Google and see cheapest place to fly from the US to the location I wanna go. Because like, for instance, um, going to the Caribbean, I can get a ticket out of Florida 
to like Cuba and it was like $100 round trip. Then, you know, looking from my location in Texas to that airport in Florida, that round trip was only $50. Meanwhile, me going from Texas to Cuba was $400. That is a big savings difference, you know? Or sometimes I play with one ways, even if I'm going there and back because it might be two different airlines that work for my favor. Of course, I got to check bags and stuff because when you add those prices in exchange, uh -huh. but you know, being creative and flexible. You, you got to learn how to pack light. <laughs> I do, but you know, some airlines, some airlines be like, no carry on. I've gotten down to mm -mm. with a carry on in a bag, in a personal bag. I can do a week trip with a carry on in a book bag. I don't know about you, Keelan, but you seem to. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Airlines, the, they be the other thing that they do, they be trying to rob you. Especially spirit. I ain't even gonna lie. I don't like spirit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Never flew. <laughs> Look, don't. Those flights be looking cheap, but mm -mm, when you go through all the headache, oh, they add up. Yeah, you oh, might as well have up. just taken American yeah. or Southwest. I try not to fly Southwest though. Coming out of. What's your favorite uh, airline that you've flown with? Uh, domestic or, or international? Uh, any anywhere. Anyone? Mm -hmm. I was Emirates was by far like the best. Emirates for sure. That's my favorite. <laughs> Everybody means I'm like yes. That's yes, Emirates. Just, Emirates was yeah. yeah, Emirates. But domestically, yeah. I would say Delta is one of my favorites. Um, because I don't. I fly mm -hmm. out of Dallas from Texas, so the people at American sometimes they just be mean. They <laughs> are be like smile. And then out of you say you out of Houston, Cuban. So that's what United. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have every airline, mm -hmm. so I, I just usually I just choose the cheapest one. I don't really care as long as I get to my location safe. It's just if I have a good experience, I'm like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. If I don't, I'm like, I just Ooh. if I'm safe, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? That's it. I'm not yeah. really picky. I'm not a picky traveler. Um, I like I'm just TV. very adaptable. Nah, you, you got. I just feel like you got to be very adaptable. And, you know, yeah. Uh, just when it comes to traveling and in every aspect, and the further you go, the more adaptable you got to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you got to be willing to to be fluid, flexible to some extent, because everything is not gonna go as planned, most likely, especially mm -hmm. if your trip is longer. Um, so it never, yeah, it never, it's never gonna go as planned, even if it's a two week trip or or a two day trip. It just it's never gonna go as planned, but I definitely agree, like just being flexible and some things, you know, we all have things that we don't compromise on. Like for me, yeah, your, what you might compromise on is a clean bed or a nice place. Um, or somebody's like the flight, they don't compromise on that. And if that's the case, then make sure your budget reflects that, you know, and understand the limitations of other parts of your trip. Like for me, if I'm going to a place and I know I'm gonna be walking around outside for 10 hours a day, I don't really wanna spend that much on the accommodation. Is it clean? Is it safe? Am I gonna get robbed? Why, is my stuff gonna get robbed while I leave it in the part of the place? You know, those are the things. And so I may spend less, but then, you know, if I'm going somewhere and I just wanna relax and I say like, I'm just gonna chill, spend in the hotel or, or Airbnb and I just want a, a nice place to kind of recharge, then I'm gonna spend more because I'm not gonna be out doing excursions as much. So that's, I think kind of understanding that. And if you wanna find cheap flights, I tell people, if you get on Google flights, don't necessarily think about the location, mm -hmm. but see where's the cheapest place to fly from where you are. 
and kind of use that as an adventure. Like, I mean, one time I found cheap flights to Chicago. So I was like, okay, well, you know, these are the dates that I need to go. It worked out, so I'm going to Chicago. You know, and just kind of being open to the to the destination as well. A lot of times you can save. I recommend getting an app called Skyscanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They do that for you and they'll give you like recommended locations anywhere based off of like how cheap the flight is compared to how it usually would be. And I would mm-hmm. do that as well. Like let that be an adventure, like go somewhere where I didn't even know I was going. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. just plan from there. Um, so yeah. Also, I would say going during the low season of a place. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. You know, if you, especially if it's a real popular place you're trying to get to and flights is always expensive or whatever. So, for example, let's take Brazil. If you go on to Rio in February, it's going to be expensive because that's carnival season. Like, so maybe you might want to go to Rio in May. It's their winter. So, I mean, but it's not really cold. So, <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's still nice weather. You can still enjoy it, but it's not going to be as touristy as before. You know, but I mean, if you're trying to go to say Trinidad in February, just know that flight is going to be $600 because it's carnival. You know, it's just, you know, also think about that. You know, are you trying to go for this particular event or or even in the States? If, you, if you're trying to go to New Orleans, um, Independence Day weekend, you already know it's going to be lit because it's essence. You know, it's, it's everything is going to be extra expensive. So if your budget doesn't account for that and you're not going to essence, then maybe go to New Orleans some other time throughout the year because it is going to be cheaper. So also consider the time of year that you're going. The weather is a big part in that. If it's yeah. winter in that place, it's going to most likely be cheaper, y'all. Yeah, New York. You can, you can find cheap tickets to New York in the middle of January. Why? Because it's cold as up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So great. It's awesome. Okay. No, cold weather is the best weather. But I love cold weather. Yes. You know, nah, I just tripping. don't do cold snow weather though. hurts. Cold weather physically hurts. How do you like cold weather? That doesn't make sense. I don't I love cold man. And, I love cold and weather. you can't do as much stuff like with the when it's when it's sunny outside, you know what I'm saying? You have more mm-hmm. opportunities to do whatever, bro. No, I don't no. Here's here's the reason why I will always love cold weather over hot. There's on you can always put on an extra jacket or everybody say that or whatever. But come on, Dallas in the middle of July. You can't. Oh, if you go to Houston in in the the middle of July. When you go to Costa Rica, if it's the summer, they sun is closer to them than it is in Texas. And I'm like, that was the first time I've experienced sunburn to an extent. And Mm -hmm. on my little vlog on my YouTube channel, I was like, all black people don't feel like they need sunblock. Y'all gonna need no, something do. like coming to here during the yeah. I learned that because I was one of the people like, man, I, I got melanin. That's my sunblock. I ain't finna. Anytime <laughs> I wore sunblock, my mama probably made me put it on. But other than that, nah. No, so I, I learned see, that day. I'm from Florida, so I, I understand what being close to the equator, and I ain't got no hair. So I learned that the hard way. I went to Puerto Rico for to visit family. And uh, I was, you know, out in the sun, living my best life, looking good, you know, took my shirt off, you know, think, you know, flexing for them. And uh, that when I came back, my whole head was sunburned. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So again, I will always take the cold. And then also again, depending on the experience you want, like fall is some of the prettiest time of year. So like, 
but it's cold, you know, or like if you're trying to, if you're trying to go skiing or trying to do some winter stuff, you're going to have to be where it's cold, but you know, just get a good jacket, get you a good scarf, some gloves. I always take the sun, not going to lie to you. <laughs> I get headaches in the sun, so anything under 78 degrees is my friend. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one. See, that's why y'all need to come to Mexico City. It's never hot, it's never, it's never too hot, never too cold. I was originally going to Mexico City during this, uh, Right after I graduated, I was going to go to Mexico City because my study abroad was in Mexico. It was originally okay. in Mexico City, then it, then it moved to, uh, it, it's a small city, like an hour or two away from Mexico City. I, I can't Puebla. think of the name right now. Puebla. Yeah, yeah. That's where we was going to have the study abroad. So I was going to be back and forth between the two. So I'll get there one day. Well, okay. you know, if you if you come down in the next year, you know, let me know. We'll, 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 I we'll do you. it. I got you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Look, this is how you save money, too. You got to get a friend exactly. and a location. Friend of family and location. You stay with them. Mm -hmm. Also, um, couch surfing. That's another way to do it sometimes if you feel comfortable doing couch surfing. Um, and it's basically an app where people will open their home or they'll open their couch or whatever and you can stay with them for free. I have only done it twice. It was a great experience. I didn't have anything wrong with it. Um, definitely, I would say if you're worried about safety, maybe stay with, like, especially as a woman, because um, it does come up, although I believe in equality. Um, <laughs> you know, just be aware of who you're staying with. But the thing that I like to do is a lot of times they offer free tours or free events through couch surfing or you would meet people and say like, hey, I'm in town visiting these days. You know, anybody want to go for a drink or, hey, you know, I'm trying to find someone to go skydiving with or go bungee jumping with. Is anybody interested? This is the price. And so you just meet up and you do the event together. And so it's, it's like- It's called couch surfing? Mm-hmm. It's called couch surfing. It's been around for years. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a good way to- to kind of learn a city in a different way or understand things. This is kind of why I use Airbnb because sometimes you get to you get the experience of staying in a home what it would normally look like if you lived in a city, you know, versus a hotel. But then sometimes I'm trying to be bougie, and so. <laughs> All right. So okay, that brings me to my next point before we end tonight. Well, today, because they don't know when this is gonna drop. However. Regardless if they take a two week trip or a three day trip, right? Let's say that they are taking a weekend trip. What are at least three things you probably recommend for them to do to get some type of cultural experience? So we just found out that there's a whole app where you can go make friends who live there. But in addition to that. I'll let you go, Keelan. Uh, you have to get involved with the locals. Like if you don't communicate with them, then you're not getting an immersive experience. Like that just go hands in hand. So you have to do that. Let them tell you where you need to go. I do that all the time. Everywhere I go, I'm like, where do I need to go? Like where I need to go eat, what area I need to be in as far as even even if it's safety, um, or just like an experience, like where do I need to go to experience your home? Uh so I think that's really the the main thing, especially on a weekend trip. Um yeah, that's, that's, that's the best advice I can give on that. And I, I would also say, don't try to do everything if it's a weekend trip. Pick, pick 
three main big points you like i gotta get these things in and then just be open for for the rest of it i think a lot of times people try to stuff so much in a short little time that it becomes overwhelming and you feel like you didn't really even get to enjoy it so you know be tired and exactly (laughs) tired. exactly so it's just like you know pick three things so if you said like if right now you said hey i'm flying to new york for the weekend what are the three big things you like if I don't do nothing else, I'm going to do these things. And then kind of let everything else fall to the wind. You know, that I I would definitely say that. You know, if you say, I got to go to a show, I got to see the Empire State Building, and I don't know, I want to see the, the Statue of Liberty. Okay. So do those three things on those three days that you're there or two days or whatever. And then just kind of like let everything else fall. Ask a local, you know, what to do. If I'm if I'm telling you go to New York, you gotta go. You gotta go to a bodega. You gotta get a bacon, egg, and cheese for breakfast. Everybody in New York does that. It's like everybody does that. That's their thing, you know. Um, I'm telling you where to eat mostly, but <laughs> but you know, it's just and and my thing is walk around. That's my thing too. Like if you were doing it in New York, I'd say walk around. Don't get in the cab. Take the subway. It's gonna smell. It's gonna be weird people on there, but that's New York. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just. And it's entertaining. You might get free entertainment, but you know, or if you said, Hey, you know, I'm going to Miami for the weekend, you know what I'm saying? Well, what are you trying to do? Are you just going to party all weekend? Okay, cool. But if not, okay, well go to little Haiti, get some Haitian food, you know, from Chez Madame Jean or, um, you know, go make sure you eat a Cuban while you're there. You know, different little things is like, make sure you do go to Wynwood, just walk around. Cause it's real cool. They have a whole bunch of murals. Same thing. If somebody came to Houston, Keelan, what you gonna tell them to do? You know, it's just like quick things, and and don't try to include everything, in it. and just know like you can always go back. If we go to Houston, Keelan, what you gonna tell us to do? I don't know. I don't be in Houston that much. <laughs> Look, I'm not a tourist in my city. Okay, uh, but that's where you can start. I would though. say we, not, not yet for sure. Like I understand that, and like I'm. I'm actually trying to, before the COVID happened, I was planning to actually try to be more adventurous in my city because like prior to college, I wasn't really adventurous in Houston because I'm in school. I was involved in all these sports and stuff like that. Then I went straight to college and I barely came home. You know what I'm saying? Like I know my city, but I haven't really been adventurous in my city. Mm -hmm. I ain't had a time to do that or just the means of doing that. The first Black-owned hostel in America is actually in Houston. Didn't even know that. But so, I, I, I think what there's I do a Black know, winery that just opened in Houston, too. Yeah, it is, yeah. What I do know, we have a whole bunch of food places from, like, all different cultures. Like, we, have, we really are a melting pot. So you Over just got to try food. You got to try food. Like, I haven't, I can, every time I go to Houston, like, like, when I was visiting and stuff from college or whatever, I'm trying a new spot, like, as far as food. Because it's just so many options. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the biggest thing I can say. Gallery, if you just with the shopping, like I don't, I don't no, really I'm mess just, with the gallery personally. No, yeah, I don't really mess with the gallery personally. But people like to at least go see it because it's it's the biggest or one of the biggest malls or something like that. Yeah, don't get out of the wards. Don't go over there if you don't know nobody. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I could tell you where the hoods are. You know what I'm saying? And just like kind of like where to stay away from, but really, 
<laughs> Beyond that, I need that adventures myself. <laughs> oh. Okay. And then I got two more things. So one, being in America, every other country isn't in the most positive spotlight. So have you traveled to somewhere where a stereotype was proven wrong? And what was that place in that stereotype? Everywhere. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I'll pick one. <laughs> um, I would pick where I live, Mexico. I think Mexico is the most stereotyped by Americans of being just cartels, being um, poor, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, they, they're poor people here, but I was telling you, there's a lot of poor people in America. And as a Black man, I feel way more safe in Mexico City than I do when I lived in Dallas or Houston. I don't have, I, I'm not worried about some random person looking at me funny or think I looked at them funny or some police think that I was trying to run away from them and shoot me in my back. You know, I, I, I just, I don't worry about that when I'm abroad. I don't worry about my safety as much as a black person abroad. You know, don't get me wrong, racism exists everywhere. Um, but the the ugliness that is it is in the US, I just don't experience that. And so that's one of the stereotypes. Um, the Mexican people that I've met have all been very welcoming, very kind. And Mexico City, it looks like New York. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's a huge city. You can find everything you want here. There's tons of events, concerts. It's not what you think. And if you've only been to Cancun, you have not seen Mexico. <laughs> I agree that every place is highly stereotyped. And that's been broken down. That's literally one of the main reasons I do my best to not have any expectations for anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, many people stereotype the entire continent of Africa as being un undeveloped. It's like, that is not the case. I was in South Africa, beautiful. And I'm like, dang, it, you know, it is areas that are very poor in South Africa. And I, I got to learn a lot about it. And a lot of that is, is dealing with like apartheid and stuff like that. But it's like people swear that when they see stuff online that they have a whole, like they have a whole, like this is exactly what this country is like. I ain't gonna go there because they, they do this and that and that. It's like, mm -hmm. bro, really look at where you live. You know what I'm saying? Like Facts. nowhere gonna be perfect, <laughs> but look at where you live. And Facts. I guarantee you when most countries I've been to, when I tell people I'm American, yes, we have an American privilege when we travel uh, to most places, but on the other hand, like on the other side of that, many people like be like, I'm scared for you to live in America because of how mm -hmm. dangerous they view America. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. A, a, a quick little fact, one of the most dangerous gang in South Africa is, is called the Americans based off of literally what they seen on TV. Like people have these stereotypes about everywhere, like I said. So when they view America, we're not in the great greatest of light. It's like uh -huh. most most countries feel like we have money, and then also feel like that we're very dangerous. You know what I'm saying? But it's just and like it's the extreme on both sides. Yeah, it's the extreme on both sides. So it's like you have to understand that if you coming up with all this stuff about a country you ain't been to, you probably in that extreme on one side of that country as well. You know? uh -huh. So exactly. And that's why I tell people, just be open-minded when you go, because it's not, it's yeah, not always like, what it seems, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, people are like, oh, but, you know, this place is poor. Have you, and I said, have you been to South Dallas? <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, it's like, have you been to Mississippi? Have you been to West Virginia? There are places in the U.S. that don't have clean water. Um, you know, even Dallas don't have clean water. Exactly. So, you know, it's the like, largest cities don't have clean water. In the so, so, you know, I mean, I'm like, we have people who are living in abject poverty as well. It's just that this is what they portray. Because for me, a lot of people look at Haiti like that. And I'm like, so beautiful. Haiti is so beautiful. It ha- don't get me wrong. They have problems. But there's a lot more complex than what you think. And just because a place has some issues, every place has issues. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has problems that they're trying to get better or whatever like that. So have an open mind. Because if you go to France, they got problems. Just because it's a Western European country, don't think that they have problems. You know what I'm saying? They got poverty too. They got issues. If you go, you Houston got problems. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we everywhere we live got problems. So, you know be be nice be kind and leave all your stereotypes and, and all your your pre-notions and stuff at the door and just be open to to experience in a place and be humble especially as americans be humble mm-hmm. and then my last question before i open up the floor for you to say any last remarks of yourself as well as let the people know where they can find you is I am a firm believer that traveling changes the mindset and that traveling is its own form of education, prefer it over public education in America. But That's a whole nother podcast. That's <laughs> coming soon too. But how has it really just impacted your life? Um, like for me, since I do work in the social sector very heavily, um, a lot of things that we do see going on is because people it hasn't happened to them, so they don't care. However, even before I started leaving the country, I already had that compassion and stuff, but I realized once you do leave, you get to see how other people live and that they're happy, right? Like you were saying, everybody has poverty, but some people fail to realize that everybody isn't so capitalistic, you know, like minimum is good. So there's a picture of these, uh, I think it was like three little boys, they were in a pool made from mud, and somebody was just like, I see poverty. And I was just like, but I see happiness. The kids were smiling. They were happy. People fail to realize that America, especially, has one of the highest suicide rates, especially amongst young people, you know? So for you, what has traveling done for you? How has it transformed you, if it has? But, and also as much as you're willing to share. But we do um, call, like travel. I'll let you go, Kaylin. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, traveling has allowed me to develop multiple perspectives at the same time, and it has also taught me how just the idea, or just knowing that we are much more similar than we are different from any other type of people, country, where whatever. Um, so. That is the biggest thing, and I, and I also it just allowed me to be more resilient and adaptable. Like you just really just build those type of things up um, when you travel because things are not going to go as planned, especially the longer you're there. So it just allowed me to be able to go with the flow more. A lot of countries I went to, their pace of life is much slower 
So it allowed me to understand like, oh, this is how it feels to not be pressed to be somewhere at a specific time or have to do something or have, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I seen a lot of the extremes on both sides. So it just, the biggest thing I would say is perspective because once you gain, cause I get a different perspective everywhere I go. And I, that just makes me understand the world more. And it makes me be more empathetic to just people of all cultures, even where I stay. So like I said, we stay in a Milton pot. And when I'm talking to somebody from a country that, and they like are from a country I've visited before, I can relate to them on a certain level and I can kind of see from their eyes what, what they see that, or what they sh may be struggling with here based off of you know, how the living was, wh where they came from type stuff. So perspective and understanding. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. And I think for me, what has also been the most transformative is is like, you know, traveling for me has been like a mirror. It allows you to see yourself and <clears throat> a lot of times. So it's like I've seen my own inherent biases and, and and potential prejudices that you just grow up because you grew up in a certain culture, you know, those type of things and how do you kind of dismiss those things? Um and also at the same time, for me, I feel like we as Americans live in a bubble and we don't a lot of times know what is really going on outside and traveling really, you see the impact of what our country does outside um, as well as just, you, you just see life, like he's saying in a completely different way. And so, you know, it has taught me to slow down. You know, these things are maybe not as important. I think one of the biggest things I noticed is when I lived in France, um they don't rush you while you're eating even here in Mexico they let you talk they want you to sit if you buy a cup of coffee you know they want you to sit they want you to talk they want you to enjoy it you know and there's there's a different it's not just a can I get it to go can I get it to go can I get it to go blah blah blah. I gotta do this boop 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 and I and while I I love that hustle don't get me wrong there's there's a benefit to that there's also a benefit in looking at life and being able to slow down what is more important and I think the pandemic has forced Americans to kind of really slow down and kind of see what is actually really important because at the end of the day you only got one life you don't know nobody tomorrow's not promised for anybody so you know I think the best thing is to enjoy it and you know traveling definitely opens you up to see the world completely different and like healing was saying we're all the same at the end of the day we all have desires we all have wants some places have good people and bad every place has good people bad people so so whatever like that but you know I think just being humble and, and having an open mind really does a lot in general in life. So that's my take. <laughs> and uh, another resource I was looking for, what was the name of the resource I used um, to actually, cause I used some of my couch surfing. What I did with my house school when I started, when I did my solo travel was the exchange for work. Uh, and I stayed there for free. Yeah. Uh, what I went to is called workaway.info. So you can yeah. go to that website. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Workaway is you. You like subscribe to them, and it's like a fee. It's not. It's not a big fee, and I think it's like a yearly subscription. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did that, and you were able to find all the hostels and the location that you're looking for who are like looking for people to take these positions and whatever. And they usually explain what they are looking for as far as what you will be doing in exchange for what. So all of them is like an exchange for housing, 
but some of them offer food and you know what I'm saying? So it depends on if, if your budget, like I'm really low, <laughs> you might, you're going to have to find someone who's going to offer food. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but just be aware that you, that's, that's very unpredictable. Like when you get there, it might be something totally different. Cause from my experience, that was my first experience doing that. It was totally different. And I'm like, I was on the, I was on the, island like an hour away from mainland there's like one boat per day like you basically trapped in this island if, if you miss that boat type stuff like but i was only no running water <laughs> i was supposed to only be working five hours a day but i'm working like 10 hours because they didn't have enough people or whatever what i was supposed to be doing was uh being like a, a, a interpreter for the scuba instructor um for like people who visit in that particular hospital but now nah, I was bartending when I got there. I ain't never bartended before. I'm like, ah, this is something. Nah. <laughs> so it, it it could be unpredictable, but I know people who have had like great experiences. So mm-hmm. and they all have different times. Nice. Some want you to be there six weeks, some yeah. want you to be there two weeks. So yeah, I, I've yeah. used it before. It's just really good. Yeah. And you got a new skill out of it, so you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm really, I could, do, I could do a little bartending. Uh, it wasn't okay, well, something that I it. wanted to do, but uh, <laughs> I can do a little bartending now. You feel me? <laughs> so you making the drinks at, at the next time we party? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, I retired. <laughs> right. So next, uh, I just want to thank you guys both for being on this episode. Like I said. It isn't so prevalent right now to see males be on the scene, especially Black ones. So I'm seeing more of that, and it's super exciting. Um, we, we women, we already, we are in our mindset, you know? But, and then everybody- Y'all like, run this. You know what I'm saying? We got, our groups is- <laughs> I remember one time me and Keelan even went looking for Facebook groups for males, and I don't think we found one. We was about to, I was about to start one and I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna, you know, I I didn't, but it was like it, it got to the point where it was like, should I start one? She was like, yeah, you should go ahead and start one. I was about to, and it was like a, lot, a long little process. I don't even know how to work first Facebook that good. So I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. There is, I think there is a couple of groups that used to be on there, but I don't think I follow them anymore. I don't know if they're active. But my black women travel groups, we are active and we are thousands deep, okay? But, you know, that's still something I do want to see for the males, as well as if you don't identify with the gender, um, just to promote that everyone should get out there and just go at least visit one place. And I think that it's really cool that we are really breaking those because, like, for instance, our parents, well, if my mom, if she would travel, it was like that I rewarding myself. So I'm going to go to, like, Vegas for three or four days. You know, like, you work, 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 mm-hmm. build up for that one thing versus... I'm going somewhere for the whole month and I don't care. So I really uh-huh. see like we get that to now those graduating out of high school and not because uh-huh. you're with the church who claims they're doing something good. You're going just because you can. And that, a pass- <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. You know what I'm saying? But the passport doesn't cost millions of dollars. It's actually a pair <laughs> of shoes. So- and it lasts for 10 years. You know, so, yes. 10 years on until it's full. So uh, yeah. I thank you both for that because that's like monumental. Yeah. Eyes. And just start where you are. If that means 
you live in Dallas, go visit Houston if you ain't never been, or go to Austin, or, you know, go to, you know, there's an eight-hour drive to get you to New Orleans, or, you know, if you're in New York, go to Boston, you know, visit, start where you are. You don't have to, traveling is what you want it to be, and I think that's the problem sometimes with Instagram is people think you have to make these big old trips, spend all this money and stuff. It's like, travel should not put you in debt, Right. you know? So what can you afford? What can you afford? Do that. Don't try to stunt for the gram because the gram is not going to pay your your mortgage or your rent when you come back. <laughs> you can virtually travel with any budget, virtually, yep. like almost mm-hmm. just by any budget. You can you can make some work. Yep. And I'll even just say that um, you guys said be flexible and open minded. I definitely think a lot of people try to stick to what they know. And it's just like, even let that go because you'll be mindful Mm -hmm. about what's really out there. So now I'm seeing like black people, for instance, oh, I'm going to Boston or I am going to spend a day in the Midwest. And they found some of the most beautiful scenery. And it's just like, but you know, if you Mm -hmm. stuck to what you were taught, you would have passed up on this or even getting in the pool, you know, not to pick up on that stereotype, but some people still follow that. And it's just like, Man, if you're on this I'm still swim. I'm learning. You? It's you? It's me. It's me. But <laughs> in my defense... That's different. Look, look. In, in, in my defense, I had signed up for lessons, but COVID happened. So... Okay. I'm blaming on COVID. <laughs> but you guys... But I would also say... J- Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, I would just say, you know, my motto is it's not good. It's not bad. It's just different. Don't try to ascribe any type of whether it's good or bad. Say, oh, this is bad. This is good. No, it's it's just different. And when you have that mindset, I think it changes a lot of things. That would be the last thing I said. I'll say. And then also, can you guys tell the people where they can find you? If you have a traveling channel, you know, because they might be interested and you might be their role models now. So, Keelan. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at key double E. It's K-E-E dot the word double dot the letter E. And my YouTube channel is a, is a travel-based channel. Uh, I started it not too long ago. And once COVID is up, it's going to be on and popping, uh, but that is key to travel, K-E-E, the number two, and the word travel, and yeah, you can find me at those places. Cool. Um, you can find me at on Instagram. It's primarily where I am, um, at El Gordito Negrito. So <laughs> if you look up, <laughs> so if you look up uh, so that's L-E-L- G-O-R-D-I-T-O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O. El Gordito Negrito. So chubby little black guy in Spanish. Um, <laughs> you can also find me. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at the same name, El Gordito Negrito. Um, but yeah, I, I if anyone has any, please hit me up on Instagram, DM me if you have any questions about any places or whatever. Um, but just get out there and do it, y'all. <laughs> Awesome. 
And that concludes another episode. You guys know where to reach us. And if you don't, then you're not loyal. You need to go figure out how you can reach us. And at this point, good night. Peace. Oh, there's <laughs>